Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, it's Joy here. Before we start the podcast, just want to let you know we're going to be talking about sexual assault and sexual harassment on this episode. So if it's something that you don't want to hear or you can't stomach it, we support you either way and we understand. Feel free to go to the next episode. Thanks. Okay, welcome to a new episode of the Color Gray Pod. And no, this is not very white on the <laughs> It's Joy with a sore voice. Um, it's the last day. I'm on a myriad of drugs, so don't hold anything against me. Um, but luckily, I'm not going to be talking on this episode. We actually have Nalika and Kenya uh, as our guests for this episode of the podcast. Hello, hello. Hi. And they will be actually reviewing On the Record, which, if for those who are unfamiliar, is the Russell Simmons sexual assault documentary um i did not have a chance to see this film and so i will let the ladies kind of take um take over and talk about uh what their reactions of that film was uh, okay so, um so many things that i want to say about this film i'll just kind of give a little bit more of like what it is um it's interesting because i was kenya and i had like bumped into some a white woman who was heading to the film at the same time we were heading to the film and we asked her um do you think of it as a Russell Simmons documentary? And she was like, no, I don't think of it as a Russell Simmons documentary. I think of it as a documentary that is in line with what these documentarians do, which is speaking about the victims and giving them a platform, um, victims of sexual assault. And I got to say, in watching the movie, that's exactly what it is. I know there was a lot, of, a lot of talk about the fact that there were these two white women, not white women, white directors and like white producers that were putting this film together but overall I feel like it was the story of these black women who have been victimized in so many ways over and over like one is the sexual assault that they suffered at the hands of Russell Simmons but then also like just the industry kind of like spitting them out and discarding them um these women are like real hip-hop heads like real 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 hip-hop heads they love the music they talked about the complexity of what it is to be a black woman and like riding for black men having black sons and how you know what russell simmons did to them being like almost like you find out like santa claus isn't real kind of shit like completely broke them like they, you know, I know, like we talk about riding for somebody, but like I didn't ride for him. These women were riding for him. And um, so, yeah. What about you, Ken? First of all, I want to shout out Amy Ziering and Kirby Dick because um, it is not lost on me how hard it is to make a film like this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and also as a person who views everything kind of through a, um, a black lens, uh, I wouldn't have known that this movie was made by white people if Mm -hmm. they didn't come out after. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. they were so invisible in the process and I could tell that they left so much 
of the creative decision and how they were going to tell the story to the women. Um, and even at the end of the Q and a, they stood back and let the women talk. So it's not lost on me that legally and just as a whole, this is a hard story to tell. And I think, um, they did it in the right way. Um, for the film itself, it was, it was it, affecting. It was affecting. It and did what it, it needed it, to do. It, it reminds me of like all these documentaries that I've seen, like the R. Kelly one and the Michael Jackson one. When you see um, people that are black heroes, and I mean, when you learn what they've done to women and how they've abused women, and then you see like how these women have basically made their careers. Like without these women, these men would be nothing. And so mm-hmm. it's always really harsh. Um, to first of all hear details of an assault and then see women that were so powerful like changing the game in hip hop um, that were pushed out because no one either no one will believe them or because men are too powerful and people are not willing to go against powerful men. So I actually have a question about um, a little bit about the q and A. I I kind of like your Barry White. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, you know, it was very wide reported about week, week and a half before Sundance Film Festival uh, mm-hmm. started. Oprah dropped out as mm-hmm. a supporter of the mm-hmm. documentary. And also, I believe, Apple TV Plus, which mm-hmm. was going to be doing the distribution of said documentary pulled out mm-hmm. as a result of Oprah pulling out as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the filmmakers and or uh, the survivors speak about or mention that during the Q&A? We actually took some audio of the Q&A. Basically, what happened is someone really early on in the Q&A, a black woman stood up and asked the question in the most like respectful, loving way. Um, what is their, what was the director's response to the idea that there are two white people who are the directors and most like white producers and white executive producers of this film? And what was their response to this, you know, being the case? And so the victims, um, survivors, really not victims, I would say, they are fucking surviving. The survivors were so excited (laughs) to have the opportunity to respond to this question. Um, And we'll play it for you now, and then we'll talk about it after. And there are people within that ecosystem who knew our story. And some of those people are filmmakers. It's an entertainment industry story after all, right? But nobody told our story because the people who knew our story were subject to the same ecosystem. And so to me, this is where allies matter. Mm. Allies who are not subject to that same dynamic. Mm -hmm. They have traction Mm -hmm. that they can use to pull you forward, centering you Mm -hmm. with deference, which they did, to tell a story. And so to me, this is why the filmmakers are white. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have the same vulnerability. Yeah. And so thank God. Yeah. And then they listened and they deferred and they learned and they centered us. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. <laughs> and uh, Drew Dixon quickly was like, I'd like to answer that. And mm-hmm. just grabbed the mic and she is... Um, the protagonist of the film. She was very clear and certain and um, 
very matter of fact when she said that these people are true allies and part of the documentary shows like these people were at the top of the game in hip hop. They were friends with everybody. But when it came to the real shit, like, are you going to believe that the godfather, grandfather of hip hop, like violently raped me? Um, they yeah. were open and honest about the fact that the black community did not have their back. And also that they also recognized that the black community and a lot of people, black people in the industry that they were talking to were also so caught up in their, in this system that the consequences for them speaking out or even investigating, you know, that could have cost them their entire careers. So, so she was very, um, I think she showed a lot of gratitude to the filmmakers because one, they had the money behind it. Cause like fighting these legal battles and, just telling a story like this, it's hard. And having people with privilege that can navigate the space, raise money, get other people, frankly, to care, and it's a big deal. And also, these two filmmakers have been working on this beat. Like, they have mm -hmm. been mm -hmm. doing the sexual assault beat for years, and this is, like, what they are good at. Mm -hmm. And honestly, when I, when they came up after, when I, these filmmakers were in shambles, like, both the man and the woman were, like, shaking visibly i mean mm -hmm. they were crying the man mm -hmm. couldn't even answer questions because he had to be taken aside so these people definitely i think they truly felt the humanity and wanted to amplify the voices of these black women that were assaulted and there were other women also that were assaulted by russell simmons but the documentary the whole point of the documentary was listen to black women mm -hmm. listen mm -hmm. and, and, and they got mm -hmm. it across Mm -hmm. very in a very powerful way couple of things one is they really wanted to like there was not necessarily um no one mentioned oprah's name out like no one like that was and it was like very clear around like i hope that there's a focus on these survivors over the people like one of the um one of the survivors said, we need to focus on the people on in this room versus the noise of what's going on outside of the room. Right. And but I I, I want to take a side to say like my coming in, knowing that Oprah had pulled out of the movie. I read the article. I think there was an article in the New York Times or somewhere where she, there was an interview done about like why her, you know, Oprah gave a reasoning of why she pulled out. Right. And there was talk about like she, she had a movie with Ava DuVernier and she got some feedback and they given it to the filmmakers and all of these things, all these things, all these things, all these things. I want to say that in watching this film, I watch the old network. I've been coming to Sundance for many years. I've seen a lot of films here. This movie was complete. Completely complete. C complete. There was no feeling. I'm not saying that is if I, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not, it's like being a creative. There's always some tightening up that can be done. There's always like more that can be said. There's always like, I'm not saying it was it's, it's it's the best iteration of what it can be but as far as a film goes i came in i was like maybe i'm gonna watch it and feel like they left something out or they didn't like close the story or it wasn't full or they it was complete it dug into like the nuances of what it is to be black in america what it is to be who they are the women even talked about their light skin privilege Ugh. and the idea that as light-skinned black women they and educated and of a certain class they knew that they had the power to speak out in ways that other women who were also victims did not which i was like thank you right um they spoke about the ideas that yes it had to be these white 
directors because they walk with white privilege and could move this movie through in ways that other people couldn't. They spoke to the fact, I mean, and this is the thing that pisses me off the most. Everybody knows that Russell Simmons is a creep. Literally, mm-hmm. you know, radio stations, there's a scene, I, I mean, it's, it's you know, it was out in the world where Ebro and... Um, Rosenberg. Rosenberg from Hot 97 and New York radio station was, and Laura Stout, like they were doing a conversation about this came out about Russell Simmons and what, what are we going to do? And it was like just that kind of thing of like, well, everybody knows that Russell Simmons is inappropriate with women. Like right. it was like in the industry, just common like understanding. Right. Every time these stories come out, R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, the people who are in the inner circles are never like, oh my gosh, right? I can't believe this. They're all like, yeah, but we just didn't dig deep. right? Or yeah, we just made like pass. And part of what happens is that these people are never held accountable early on when mm-hmm. the shit hits. Like some of these women's, what they were speaking about happened 20, 30 years ago. Right. So it's not like yesterday and now we're trying to figure it out. Like, mm. And it's not stop. You let those people go. You let those people come. And they get more powerful and more powerful. And then like, oh, my gosh, but they're the king of hip hop or they're right. the, you know, pop. Yeah, because you didn't st- you 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 allowed them to grow and infiltrate. And like these women could be that like Drew Dixon could be Russell Simmons. And what I she mean was, by that, basically, yeah. she was what, behind but, him. Yes. What I mean by that is like this way we think about Russell Simmons role in the hip hop story that could be Drew. Like, there's no reason why it's not Drew Dixon other than the fact that she is a woman and he is a man. And I can't, I left, I left that movie feeling like what a loss, right? What a loss that these women and, and probably in every industry and in every into like every way that things function are not able to like fully um, manifest all of what they can offer because not just the perpetrator, but the collective community around the perpetrators right. allow it to continue and to hold space. Right. And I just think like this is a beauty of like documentaries. This is a, I understand really well why, right? Or at least I think I have an understanding of why they felt really strongly about releasing it at Sundance, um, because it's like a platform that no one can pick up this movie and it will still exist in the world. Do right. you know what I mean? And I think that, I think white filmmakers understand that. Like there's a lot of films here at Sundance mm-hmm. and I think white filmmakers understand that like, it's my art and I'm putting it out there and regardless of any production house, any distribution company gives it any value, it it was at Sundance. And so the people who need to be the room have seen it and maybe it will go from there. And so I, you know, please see it. It is 100% color grade approved. 100%. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a, one more thing to say about the Oprah thing. Um, we have seen a few movies, a few documentaries here at Sundance. Yes, and a have. lot of them are not done. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> yes. Like not at all done. And the sad thing is a lot of people think they're done. And specifically documentaries. Documentaries that are just terrible honestly um to be honest and seeing this one this was the best one i've seen Mm -hmm. um everyone was ten thousand percent credible there was just receipts on receipts on receipts on videos on pictures like just everything and so oprah dropping out um 
it really disappointed me. It made me sad. It made me heartbroken for these black women who literally, literally in the Q&A were saying like, they just need support like from other black women just to just to believe them. Mm-hmm. And knowing that one of Oprah's, I feel like most relatable things about her is that she was terribly sexually assaulted when she was younger and she's really open about how she overcame that and she's a survivor. And so it was really bizarre to me that she pulled out at such short notice and also the negative statement she sort of said with it because the film was great. Um, Also, she had mentioned that Russell Simmons and L.A. Reid and all these industry people had been um, trying to get her to not put the film out. Um, and, you know, she'd say she she said she wouldn't be swayed beforehand, but clearly she was. And I saw, you know, a lot online black men being like, you know, Oprah did the Leaving Neverland documentary. She's doing this one like she's just a part of the white machine trying to bring down the black man. And what I loved most about the movie is that it went into the psychology of the black woman dealing with that intense past trauma like generation literally since slavery like um you wanting to protect the black man because the black man does truly go through so much and nowadays you know you call the cops on a black man and they could be killed so it they really talked a lot about try to balance um respecting yourself and standing up for yourself and being honest when someone's done you wrong especially in your own community uh versus feeling so bad for what black men as a whole have gone through and their whole, you know, how they're hypersexualized. They were being lynched for like supposedly hollering at white women. Mm -hmm. So it's a very complicated situation. Um, But in the end, the the survivors were saying you can't um, let your loyalty to your race, um, you know, ruin your own being. Mm -hmm. And I felt that maybe... Oprah's either loyalty or the bad press she was going to get because obviously a lot of black men are not going to agree with this. They're going to say it's lies. Um, So I felt like she kind of was literally um, hushed and swayed, which is pretty interesting and sad because I think of Oprah as the most powerful black woman on this earth. I think black person on this earth. So it was surprising to me and disappointing. I think that's something we have to hold. And when you're thinking about the industry and what is tricky when you're trying to push back and we're thinking about like anti-racist perspective and looking at the lens through like pushing back against white supremacy and all of this in film, people who have benefited from the system, the way it works now, are always at risk when you try to uproot that system. Right. And so I don't, you know, I don't know Oprah personally. We've never had a conversation. I'm really curious to what it'd be like to like have a off the record, like just kiki with mm-hmm. Oprah about lots of things. Um, but I imagine it doesn't even have to be so blatant of like, I've succumbed to the pressure of, I don't think Oprah's scared of Russell Simmons or anybody else. To, like that doesn't make sense to me right but the inter like wovenness of the industry and right. how when you start to like talk about russell simmons shit right how much of that residuals will mm-hmm. hit everybody mm-hmm. right like that's the thing that i think people know even if it's like sublim like subconsciously and i wonder how that plays out and so we just have to like trust black women definitely and i one more thing it's pretty shocking um, to see the lack of people that went to see this movie and all of the Sundance uh, like 
literature brochures it's listed as the untitled like mm-hmm. Kirby and Amy film and in the description they have nothing about Russell Simmons LA Reed there's no na- there's no names you know that it's vaguely about sexual assault in the industry um, but you have no idea so I think it's really interesting now it's called on the record but I think it's really interesting that um, up until right before the film even premiered at Sundance a lot of people don't even know it's here don't don't know that it exists mm-hmm. or what it's about mm-hmm. and I feel like that was a strategic move by somebody mm-hmm. I will also say and we'll use it as a close closing argument last year uh, Finding Neverland premiered at Sundance mm-hmm. obviously post that there was a lot of backlash in terms of credibility of the story things of that nature Oprah was also someone who was attached to that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and did a uh, kind of when it premiered live on mm-hmm. whatever uh, HBO I believe thank you mm-hmm. um, did a, a you know live discussion afterwards a lot of that has been now kind of like stripped from the interwebs mm-hmm. and so I heard it's not it's been not taken down from HBO, HBO anymore. Too. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's a really precarious situation, mm-hmm. um, both for Oprah as a, a, a producer mm-hmm. and also for Sundance to bring another doc. So that mm-hmm. might be part of it. Mm-hmm. True. But mm-hmm. I think as this film, if this film gets distribution, we'll definitely follow along mm-hmm. to see how uh, things progress. But thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you. So right now, we're right now, right now, right. We just came out of a movie at the Mark, um, which is this interesting theater that has a track around it, and you're there waiting online, and people are playing tennis. But anyway, Sundance has set up these really nice um, heated lamps, so we're all cuddled underneath it. So, tell us about yourself. My name is Basat. I am a USC MBA student, 2021. Um, this is our first time at Sundance. This is our first movie today that we got to see. We saw three you yesterday. You strong. You started Yeah, strong. We, we got off the wait list. Um, it was interesting. It was horrifying a little bit, a little terrifying. I think I came out of the movie kind of a little frightened to enter the industry. I think for me, I am pivoting into entertainment. I come from healthcare, which is a little bit more... There's Sexual harassment is a little harder in certain industries, and I think entertainment media kind of feeds that because of the culture it it, um, it gives. Um, I was really saddened to see mm-hmm. Russell Simmons because when you when you're pivoting into an industry like this, you kind of look to like success stories like his, mm-hmm. and um, it was yeah, it was horrifying. It was and, the, and I've watched the R. Kelly documentary. Mm-hmm. I've watched mm-hmm. uh, when you see the Harry, uh, Harvey Weinstein unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing all kind of three back to back has been kind of a numbing experience yeah. at this point. I don't know how many, how much more, or how many more stories I could keep listening to before it becomes too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and you hear, you have your own personal stories, and you have your personal stories from your friends. And I don't think any woman or any person is that far away from sexual assault mm-hmm. who knows someone who's mm-hmm. been assaulted. So knowing that you you can go into a career, you can work your way up, mm-hmm. and so for someone like Drew Dixon mm-hmm. to have that um, that climb up story and still have to go through that and walk away from her dream at the peak of it is a little is a little frightening so yeah that's my take um some somehow it's like interesting like you got a gift because you saw like she's trying to push all of us to like continue to do that work so i think that's awesome so everybody comes and 
one of the things that our podcast Color Grade is asking is like, where do you see the color? And so when you're coming to <laughs> a place like Sundance Film Festival or any of these kind of like predominantly white spaces, the film festival here particularly, we really want to highlight where we see color. And the fact that as people of color, black people, no matter if someone is trying to put us in it, we see whether through our absence from that story or how we're... Per um, how we're presented or like how we're portrayed and so were you there for the Q&A? Yes I was there for the Q&A. In the Q&A someone asked a question about the fact that there were two white directors um, in the film and I thought Drew gave an amazing answer um, just around like how allies can give access um, and so here being at Sundance where are you seeing the color? I have, I have a two-pronged answer to that. First, I think my background is I'm Ethiopian, I'm like African. Mm -hmm. And I've been in spaces where the, the conversation of this has come up and the remarks have been, well, they should have done known better or they should mm -hmm. have gone. And sexual assault, particularly within African or black communities, is not really believed. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, it's a really hard conversation to have at the dinner table, um, especially being, I think in my position, being a millennial, I think I just have a different perspective than my family. Mm -hmm. And the second prong is, I think, coming from, like, USC, like, honestly, like, we're, we're one of eight out of 214 class. Oh, so, but we also have, like, a, a good support system of, like, allies. And mm -hmm. so the, the ally uh, commentary was really resonated with me because as much as the fact that we're, like, 3% of a 214 class, that it's, the school's been around for a very long time. It's downtown L.A. Um, we have, like, you know, we have people, like, you know, like Jessica is, like, like we all have people like who are allies in our system and our mm -hmm. ecosystem, especially in business school. So you don't feel too lonely. But at the same time, coming to Sundance, I didn't think it was going to be that different, and it mm -hmm. wasn't. Like mm -hmm. you know, you see like drops of color here and there. Mm -hmm. um, but seeing that as most of the movies that have kind of been in the forefront have been people of color, it was. Mm -hmm. I think I first when I saw that the directors were white, I kind of had like a, a gut reaction. But then when I heard her reasoning behind it, it made more sense, particularly with what the subject matter of the documentary was. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank so you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so last, what's your Sundance story? Anything from picking the right outfit, figuring out the bus situation, getting your ticket together. Do you have a Sundance story yet? Oh, okay. So I've seen Taylor Page, yeah, Taylor Page, uh, Zola. Uh -huh. Like She was like walking right in front of us and she turned around to see us. I wanted to say something so she can give us tickets, but it didn't happen. It felt like a last moment. Aww. Yeah, and I know her, I follow her on Instagram. I almost DM'd her. So. Do it, do it, DM her. No, yeah, DM that's her. really sad. That's the, that is the part where like you know like you see other black people and they're gonna do their best to like hook you up. It happens. So if you that's see someone, do the thing. I was hoping for a hookup story. Yeah, tell, you it's you can still over. have. It's not over. Sunday's yeah. not over. I had I had a whole narrative, a whole script and play to say to her. Don't like, worry, save it. She's gonna show up again. She's gonna show up again. Say so. This is the last day. <laughs> Thank you. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 